No, I'm talking about how you feel me. Hmm. Ooh! <laughs> What's up, good people? It's time for another session of that verbal cardio, man. We back. We back in business with an extra L in the business. Because sometimes in business, you take you take wins and losses. So sometimes it's, a, it's an L in your business, in your business. Mind your business. Um, we are back. It's another glorious Tuesday in November. Um, if you're listening to this podcast, it's probably going to be on a Wednesday or later, but we recorded on Tuesdays. We are back in the building. I got my co-host, co-host of the goddamn Lifetime, Water, the best co-host of all time, the only co-host you need in your life. Water is essential. It's more essential than anybody or anything you got going in your life. If if everything left your life, right? Let's say everything left. Everything. The people you know. Your house just walked up and left. If you got this, you can survive. You can survive. Even if you lost all your money, but you got you got enough water. You can you can regain the money you lost. Because you're still alive. And you know why you're alive? Because you got water. Water is the key to life. I was watching Mad Max Fury Road last night. Excellent movie. I was just watching it again because it was on Tubi. Water was life for those people, man. Water was everything. It was more valuable than gold, diamonds, money, all this stuff you think you hold dear. This is what it's all about. And if you're an astronomy nerd like me, you know water is the key. They be, they always looking for water out there in the universe. Oh, that that planet can have water. So you know what that means? Potential life. Water is fantastic, man. Cherish it. Hold it. Be thankful for it. When you're in your shower, butt-ass naked, when you're scrubbing and you're cleaning yourself and you're, you're changing the temperatures, and you bathing daily. Some of y'all, some of y'all shower multiple times a day. You better be thankful, man. You better be in that shower, butt ass naked and grateful, because not everybody has that luxury. You better be grateful every shower you take. You better just reflect in that moment, because you got minimal distractions. It's just you, butt naked tree, and water, and soap, and a washcloth or a scrunchie, whatever you use. Soaps, shampoo and conditioner, whatever you got going on in there. But value that water, man. Got a mirror on the ones and twos in here. Life is good. Um, I'm thankful. I'm, I'm, I'm pushing through the rest of the year with my final tour dates. I'm almost done. Almost home, home free. All right? Just got a few cities left. Tacoma, Washington, San Francisco, Orlando, Tampa, Florida. Those are the last four cities on this tour. Pushing through. Pushing through, taking next year off from the road, focus on new material, new stand-up, new content, new opportunities. I'm taking trips. I'm being social. I'm living life. That's what 2024 is going to be all about for me. Um, I'm, I'm taking a pay cut next year. I'm taking a pay cut because the tour is where my bread and butter is. But you know what? I'm not worried about it. I'm not worried about it because I'm sure I'm going to gain a lot in this year. I'm looking forward to 2024. God willing, if, if inshallah, if God grants me with life for the full year, it's going to be a great year. I'm putting that out there. 
I'm putting it out there. Shout out to my patron saints in here. Jamal B, Remo Mills, Miss Mam, Zakia, Brother in Blue, Keisha Samuels, Carla, Courtney, Erica, um, Casey, Candid Cammy, Brian Austin, uh, Chase Ali, Ochaz Ali, I'm not sure how I said, Miranda, Carla, Pretty Pisces, Jet V, Kiyomi, AJ, Chris M, David Finch, um, Nana P, TJ Edwards, Randomly CJ, Aries Taurus. I love y'all, man. I love my patron saints. Byron, Shane Johnson, Markiki, Courtney Davis, 2Jesse. Shout out to 2Jesse. Shout out to 2Jesse. She came to my show in Pittsburgh. I met Jesse. I met Jelsey. I was so excited to meet you. Y'all don't understand, man. I'd be excited to meet y'all. Y'all probably be like, man, we met Tony. Now, fuck that. I met y'all. Patron Saints hit different when I meet y'all. Patron Saints hit different. When I meet y'all and we be building, we be building in the in the in the Chatsworth. We be doing movie nights. Y'all be with me when I'm streaming. Y'all be with me with the podcast. And then I meet y'all in person. It's next level, man. I'll be emotional. I'll be fighting tears. Um Shout out to Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Shout out to everybody that came to my shows in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Um, Pittsburgh was fantastic. And I'll tell you, I'll tell you what I liked about Pittsburgh this weekend. I went to my first ever NFL game. It wasn't the Bears. I wanted it to be the Bears. I wanted my first time to be with, with the team I love. I wanted my first time to be special. I wanted, I wanted, I wanted the Chicago Bears to take my NFL virginity. I wanted that. I wanted it. I wanted it to be special and I wanted it to be with the love of my life, the Chicago Bears, but it wasn't. My first game in the though. And sometimes, sometimes when you lose your virginity, it's not what you imagine. It's not as romantic as you imagine. Sometimes you lose your virginity to somebody you don't even care about. And that's what happened. I lost my NFL virginity with the Pittsburgh Steelers against the Green Bay Packers. First NFL game ever. I had a great time. Shout out to the Pittsburgh Steelers fans. I've always respected Pittsburgh Steelers fans because y'all are loyal. The Green Bay Packers fans are loyal too, but fuck them. Fuck you and fuck them if you're a Packers fan. I'm not a fan. I hate y'all. I hate y'all little raggedy ass colors, the little booger green and raggedy mustard yellow. And the random G that just placed on the thing. Y'all get the same, y'all get the same G as Georgia. I'm not feeling, I'm not feeling Green Bay. I'm glad y'all lost. And you know why you lost? Because I was in the building. I was in the building hating on Green Bay. You felt my energy. I was rooting for the Steelers wholeheartedly, you understand? Shout out to Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh, if you've never been to Pittsburgh, it's an interest, it's an interesting city the way it looks visually. It's a lot of hills, it's a lot of bridges, it's a lot of up, it's like ups and downs all throughout Pittsburgh. So it's kind of dope visually. It's got the old school vibe, old school houses, old school architecture, brick, all that good stuff. The fall vibes was vibing. The leaves was out here, orange and looking robust. I'm a fan. Autumn is my favorite season. And so it was it was giving me autumn vibes, but it was a little cold. My nipples was harder than than normal because it was cold. My penis was shrunk the whole weekend. The whole weekend penis was just this. 
And so, but visually, Pittsburgh was was dope. Um, I realized that Pittsburgh people have an accent. Y'all, y'all kind of say "go," like Brandon Lewis pointed it out first. But y'all, y'all got an accent in Pittsburgh. It's not, it's not necessarily. It's not like a Baltimore accent with the D, but it's kind of like a "go." It's like a y'all got something on it. I can't really describe it, but I I can tell who was from Pittsburgh when I would hear them talk. And I was like, y'all got an accent. And it's not like a Philly accent. The Philly accent, when y'all say car, it's like a hard R on the car. But it's not like Buffalo's accent, because I noticed with Buffalo cats, they got an accent too, because I'll be watching interviews with, you know, West Side Gun and Benny the Butcher, and I hear how they talk, and I'm just like, yo, they got an accent up there in Buffalo. It's not a New York City accent, but it's something. So I'm like, oh, okay. Um, and another thing I like about Pittsburgh, they have a Roots Kitchen. Roots Kitchen is my my go-to. I need there to be a Roots Kitchen in every city in America. Why? Because I can go in there and create my own bowl. I can go in there and be like, let me get the, the Roots rice. Kale, spinach as my base. I could be like, let me get the beets, the cranberries, uh, the sweet potatoes. Why, why would we be doing this when we go when we go to a place where we we make our own bowls? We, you know what's in there. You've been there. I still be like, uh, let me uh, Uh, let me get some avocado in there. Yeah, let me get some. Let me get some avocado in there. Mm, mm. Let me get some avocado in there. And then the tofu. Here's my bowl. Every I'm a creature habit. I'm a creature habit. If I like something, I'm gonna do it again. I'm not gonna be taking risks. Y'all be taking risks out here at the, at the food spots. Women do it more than men, but y'all be taking risks. If it works for me visually, if it's good, if it's good, I'm getting the same thing every time. Why am I taking it? Why am I? Why am I gambling? When when you're hungry and you try to watch what you eat, you try to be mindful that you're not gonna be eating all day. Like for me, I'm in a constant battle with food. I'm trying not to be fat toned again. So what I eat is valuable to me, man. I can't waste a meal on bullshit I didn't like. I can't waste the calories or the fat or the carbs. I can't waste the second. So if I know that it's good, I'm getting the same thing. So when I go to Root's Kitchen, I get the same thing. I get the kale, the spinach, the rice, the sweet potatoes, the cranberries, a little bit of the cilantro lime, avocados, and the barbecue tofu. And I get extra tofu for the extra protein. That's my, that's my jam. Every time I go to Root's Kitchen, it's in Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh was the first city I ever had it in, and I've been on their jock ever since. That's my jam. So when I go to Pittsburgh, when I go to uh, Virginia, when I go to North Carolina, they got a Roots Kitchen in there. I'm there all weekend. Every night of the week that I'm there, I'm at Roots Kitchen for dinner. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. And they got everything I need, and I never feel guilty. Ain't nothing fried in my bowl. This is who I am. I'm simple. I am simple. Anyway, um, we got to cover the ads, though. So the first ad real quick. 
Um, Eels. Yo, my mom just sent me a text. My mom just sent me a text. Mom, if you watching right now, I don't know if you watching right now. I don't know if you in in any of this I got going right now. But Ma, if you watching right now, hello, Mom. I love you. How are you doing? I'm doing well. Um, I'm happy to get a little time off from the road for the rest of the month. Thanksgiving is coming up and I have zero plans. I don't know what I'm doing for Thanksgiving. I know Sincere is coming from San Francisco, but anyway, let's get to the ad. So if you found a $100 bill on the ground, you wouldn't walk past it. You wouldn't walk past it. If you found a $100 bill on the ground, you wouldn't walk past it. So why are you passing up on cashing winners every weekend? My bookie has the biggest on-site, oh, excuse me, online selection of odds and contests to fill all your sports betting needs anytime, anywhere. So you can turn that sports knowledge into cash in your wallet. Bet on the NFL, Major League Baseball playoffs, or play for a share of big cash prizes in the weekly blackjack tournaments. If you've been waiting for the right time to get in on the action, that time is now. Make your winning move today. You can sign up at MyBookie, use the promo code VERBAL, and claim your deposit match redeemable up to $1,000. Again, that's promo code VERBAL to claim your bonus. Experience the thrill of sports betting right from the comfort of your own home. Bet anything, anytime, anywhere with MyBookie. So they make it easy. They make it easy to just bet. To just bet on something. Um, and that sounds like a good time right there. That sounds like a good time, man. You could just you could just bet on something real easy, real quick. Cause I don't know about y'all, man. And make sure when you go to my bookie, make sure you use the promo code verbal, man. Get that verbal in there. Get that verbal up in there. Cause I watch sports. I watch, uh, I keep up with sports, uh, mainly, mainly NBA and nfl those are the two i'm in a fantasy football league team uh, i was gonna do uh nba fantasy but i didn't but i keep up with basketball i keep up with my teams for show the bears and the bulls i'm on their necks but i don't like i don't like to bet on my teams because it's personal but i bet on these other games you, you ain't said nothing but a word man i'll put some i'll put some money on that let me win something real quick so go to my bookie man get in on it and use the promo code verbal make sure you do that all right, I'm cutting off the IG live, man. I'm cutting the IG live off, man. The patron saints is like, yo, cut them off, man. They done here. They done. So if you want to see the rest of this episode live, what's up, Coco? If you want to see the rest of this episode live, join my Patreon. Click the link in my bio. Click the Patreon tab. Join the day. If not, you're getting cut off. You're getting cut off. You're gonna miss the you're gonna miss the rest of the episode when we talk about topics. You gonna miss that. I just been freestyling this whole time, man. Appreciate you, Carly Bear. All right, I'm I'm cutting it off. Um Yeah, y'all. Now it's just us. We alone now. I think we're alone now. Who sang that song? I think we're alone now. Is that a... Is that Debbie Gibson or what's the other girl name? I think we're alone now. Y'all know in the Chatsworth. 
I think we're alone now. Tiffany. I always get Tiffany and the and the other girl, Debbie Gibson, confused. Cause I ain't really listen to either one like that. So, you know. Um so my patron saints have sent in various topics, but before we get to the topics, I want to talk about something. Um I want to talk about I want to talk about why women hate the word moist. Why y'all hate this word, man? What is wrong with the word moist? Why is it a trigger for a lot of people? Like when when women hear moist, y'all be like, ah, ah. Ah, don't call it that. Why do so many people hate the word moist? Even even in the chat's work right now, they want me to stop saying it. What? First of all, I want to know the origin story of why you hated the word. Because I, I know for a fact you didn't hate moist as a kid. Like what? What's the what's the trigger? What's the origin story of your distaste? For the word moist. You always hated it, Twa? It's a it's a it's a harmless word. I know it can be thrown in the sexual realm because you know what I'm saying, you're making me moist. <laughs> but but it's like, yo, man, moisture is a legit word, like moisture. Do y'all hate moisture as well, or is it just moist? <laughs> Yo, here, here's why I even brought it up. So I was at this, I, I went to this, uh, I went to this vegan place this weekend in Pittsburgh called Moods, M-O-O-D-Z, Moods Co. And so when I went in there, you know, they had smoothies and stuff. They had like, uh, they had like hot food too, but I was just in there for to break my fast. So I was going the smoothie route. And so I go in there. And you know, in the display case, they had some they had some cinnamon rolls in there. They had this like strawberry roll. They had this lemon cake. And I was like, you motherfuckers. You motherfuckers. Y'all really out here doing this. I'm trying, I'm trying to be legit. I'm trying to fly the straight and narrow. And in the display case, when I walk in and I'm going in there with the mindset of I'm going to just give me a nice little smoothie just to just to start the day off because I, I, I was going to break my fast in there because we was going to hit it up before we went to the football game. And they just got the display case and I was looking at that lemon cake and all I could hear was all I could hear was Jill Scott saying lemon cake. You know, the one she barely ever makes. I'm getting riled up. I want them to know. But somebody turned Frankie Beverly on the stereo. Y'all remember that family reunion song by Jill Scott? She was like, Helena's lemon cake. You know, the one she barely ever makes. I'm getting riled up. I want them to know. I love the storytelling on that song. 
We at the family reunion. And so that lemon cake was looking right. And it was intact. So I was like, yo, man, the hell is this right here? He was like, lemon cake. Now, he didn't say it like Jill Scott, but that's how I heard it. I was like, it's what? Lemon cake. You know, the one we barely ever make. And I was just like, I'm getting riled up. I want you to know. I want a slice. Had a slice of that lemon cake and it was moist. I'm going to need y'all to respect this word. That's how you describe things. It's literally a legit description of what's going on. Texture, vibe. The cake was moist. I'm sorry, y'all. I'm sorry if it's triggering you. I'm sorry if it's if it's nails on the chalkboard and your ears are tingling, man. But that's how you describe the cake, the texture of the cake, man. It was, it was moist. What y'all want me to say? Soft? But it's more, it, it wasn't just soft. Cause you could you can be soft but still be dry. I needed I needed you to know that it, it was moisture in the cake itself. I needed that to be conveyed. So the, the girl that made the cake, she's a girl. So when I said, yo, it's so moist, she was like, ugh, can you say something else? I'm like, what do you mean? It's like the ultimate compliment when we talking about cake, man. When you when you when your cake is moist. What you want me to say? That's what it was. And it was fire. And I got I, I doubled up. I went back and got another slice of that moist lemon cake. Ooh, it was so good. And then I was like, man, y'all got to y'all got to end this beef with that word, man. The word is harmless. In the beef, man, just let the just just let stuff be moist. Whether it be cake, whether it be your coochies, man, let the let it be moist. There's nothing wrong with it. Let that word flourish. Let the word use you. Y'all acting real moist in the, in this comment section, man. But that's why that's why I brought that up. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, y'all. I'm sorry. Let's do another ad to take the heat off. You know what I'm saying? Let's let, let's let's dip into another ad. I'm sorry, y'all. I'm sorry. Um, the holidays are coming up, right? Holidays are coming up. It's gonna be gifts exchanged, you know. And if you want to hear, where'd you get that? This holiday season, uncommon goods is your secret weapon. Uncommon Goods is here to make your holiday shopping stress-free by scouring, scour, scour, ring, scouring, that's a tough word right there, scour the globe, scour by itself is legit, but when you throw in the ING, it's tough because you want to add in some extra layers, scouring the globe for the most remarkable and truly unique gifts for everyone on your list. Whether you're shopping for your secret Santa or your entire family, Uncommon Goods knows exactly what they want. Here are a few 
uh, of my favorite gifts on their website. So I talked about this before, but I really like I really like the state shaped ornaments. Like uh, a part a part of me a part of me wants to collect a magnet for every state that I've been to. A part of me wants to do that, but I don't, I don't want my refrigerator covered in magnets. I got like I got like maybe eight magnets on my refrigerator right now, maybe nine. But I don't want my refrigerator covered in magnets. But at the same time, I want my refrigerator covered in magnets. And I would love it if I had a magnet for every state I've ever been to. But then but then once you once your once your refrigerator is covered in 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 magnets, then then your house takes on a whole new no matter what your house is like, it looks like Roseanne's house at that point. If you if you if you can picture Roseanne's house from the TV show, you know what type of aesthetic I'm talking about. Once your refrigerator is covered in magnets, it's like now you in Roseanne's house. So it's like, all right, I get it. I'm not. Go- I'm not gonna have the magnets on the refrigerator. So, but a part of me, I want. I want. I want that. Like I wanted to be known that I've been to almost every state in the country. But they have these uh, state ornaments, though. Now this would be better. Like if you got a Christmas tree, you can do state ornaments. Like they sh- they shaped in the uh, in the shape of a state. So you can get Florida, Texas. You know what I'm saying? New York, Pennsylvania, Montana. New Mexico. Uh, they got a murder mystery jigsaw puzzle. Uh, they got, you can make your names and snowflake ornaments. They got all kind of like dope little gifts. Uh, they got the create your own real viewer. You know what I'm saying? So that's that's what I really like. You can create your own viewfinder type gift. I think that's really dope. And you can look in there. I don't know if y'all are old enough to remember the viewfinder. You look and you look at the pictures in the thing. You put the little circle of the little photos in the thing and you see it. That was cool back in the day. They got hand-painted holiday flat candles, 12 days of hot sauce, advent calendars. They got storybook do-it-yourself kits. They got foul language tea towels. It says tits and boobies on there, and it's got birds. Um, They got all kind of dope stuff. So, uh, yeah, man, if you want your gifts to stand out this holiday season, and we all do low-key. Low key, even though giving somebody a gift is technically about that person you're giving the gift to, at the same time, you want some credit too. You want to feel good about giving somebody a good gift, and you want to be like, man, you know what I'm saying? I really got them with this gift. So there's there's a selfish quality to gift giving as well. You want to be the one that gave the dopest gifts, no matter what you're doing. So. Uh, when you shop at Uncommon Goods, you're supporting artists and small independent businesses. These fine products are often made in small batches, so shop now before they sell out this holiday season. Uncommon Goods looks for products that are high high quality, unique, and often handmade or made in the U.S. They have the most meaningful, out-of-the-ordinary gifts anywhere. From art and jewelry to kitchen, home, and bar, Uncommon Goods has something for everyone. Not the same lackluster gifts you could find just anywhere. And with every purchase you make at Uncommon Goods, they give back $1 to a nonprofit partner of your choice. They've donated more than $2.5 million to date. So to get 15% off your next gift, go to UncommonGoods.com slash verbal. That's UncommonGoods.com slash verbal for 15% off. So don't miss out on this limited time offer. Uncommon Goods, we are all out of the ordinary.
So yeah, man, get in on that, man. Let you let your gifts stand out and pop this holiday season, because that's what you really want in the back of your mind. Um, so recently I saw a video where they asked Mace and Cameron who's a better rapper, Tupac or DMX. Um, I saw this, I saw this this morning, and they both picked dmx because camera cameron picked dmx because he saw the whole he saw the whole trajectory of dmx he saw um he saw the come up he saw him battle he saw just the whole thing he was in the studio with him so it was like a different visual for him and mace also picked uh dmx and so and no disrespect to Pac, but they they went with dmx as the as the better rapper and so i was just like wow tupac and DMX, uh, and those are those are two legends in the game. And I was thinking, I was thinking they are different. I agree with you, uh, Tex. I agree with you. Um, and for me, for me, who's the better rapper of the two? For me, I feel like I'm a, I'm gonna go with Tupac. For me personally. But only because I think I listen because because my 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 stuff is usually based on who do I listen to more? I listen to more Tupac than DMX, realistically. Uh, my favorite Tupac album is Me Against the World. My favorite DMX album is his first one, is Dark as and Hell is Hot. Um, because Pac has so many different layers to him. And not to say that DMX, DMX has fantastic layers. He's a DMX is a fantastic storyteller. Um, he gonna get you pumped up, he's gonna get you riled up, he's gonna get your energy right. He's gonna have those anthems, he's gonna have those crazy stories. And to me, DMX, Tupac and DMX are both compelling outside of the music. They are both compelling outside of the music because you know, Pac was just, he wore his heart on his sleeve. He was militant, but also messy. He was, um, you know, fall head over heels for a girl, but also laying laying the girls down on the side too. Um, you know, he was about that life, clearly. He went through a lot in his life. So it was just like, these cats outside of music were just like, Wow. DMX also wore his heart on his sleeve. His his street background is solidified. Like people will tell you all day, people that knew DMX, he was out here robbing people. He was really in these streets, but he was also in these grimy, gritty rap battles. And then he'll probably rob you after the rap battle. But also what made DMX so dope is that he was conflicted. Like, you know, he he would cry during prayer. He was like, you could tell. His soul, he was in a constant battle with his soul. You could just see it. You could feel it. Like the stuff he would talk about, like the stuff he would. And, you know, the vulnerability of DMX was something that was dope and something that, you know, people gravitated towards. Like he he put it all out there. And so that's what made DMX special. That's why he had the stadiums rocking. It was because like, yo, DMX is a fully, fully realized human being. You know what I mean? And it was just like, and not even, and he wasn't like super political like Pac. Like Pac can get political on you, 
or it could get street, or it could get, you know, we we partying, we talking shit, I'm tearing other black men down, I'm doing this, I'm doing that. He was speaking to like a larger, that's why, that's why Tupac is the most iconic rapper of all time. But DMX, everything was more on a personal level with him. It was just like, you know, he was he wasn't super militant or talking about the bigger picture. It was like he was just talking about being an individual within myself, just just battling battling within my own soul. And and a lot of people go through that, and a lot of people gravitated towards that. So it's just like those those two MCs right there. It's more than just the music. You know what I mean? And that's what made these two guys like super compelling for different reasons. And the music, the music was different. And so, um, and I feel like when, when, when we talk career, DMX's rise was more, I want to say organic than Pac. Like when you look at when you look at Pac rising to what he rose to, it was a slow burn. You know, he started out with Digital Underground, and because I because I'm I've been around to see Pac and DMX in real time. Like saying like you know I'm not I'm not some young kid. I'm 46 years old, so I was there for Pac's debut. I was there for DMX's debut. Fully realized, fully aware of what's going on making my own decisions, watching the impact, watching the numbers, watching the hits. So when I when I talk about these things and people come in, oh, Pac was this, this, that, and the third, and like, you 20-something, bro, shut up. And not to discredit you, but you wasn't around in real time when I talk about certain things. So with that being said, when Pac first came out, it was a slow burn. A lot of people like to say that when Pac came out, he was, it was just immediate. No, it was not. No, it was not. You know? And since he died, tra- when you die tragically, in the prime, in your prime, people are gonna people are gonna put you on this pedestal of this iconic thing to where, a lot of times, shit ain't always accurate. Pac was a slow burn. He was with Digital Underground. Then he came out with his own debut album. Brenda's got a baby pop, but nobody was really rocking with that debut album. You know what I'm saying? It was like it was a slow burn. It wasn't doing crazy numbers. He wasn't burning up the charts. He wasn't he wasn't looked at as the icon that you that we know of now. You know, he had to grow and build into that. You know, I remember oh snap. I remember when um when when Faison Love had said that, you know, Snoop Dogg was bigger than Tupac at one point in time, he was absolutely hundred percent correct in that. Because because when because when Snoop hit the scene when Snoop's debut came out it broke records on his debut album you know what I'm saying it's like Snoop Snoop hit the scene like a tidal wave Pac was a slow burn you, you know he had to build up to it and so then he came out with Strictly for My Niggas and it was like all right he was growing you know what I'm saying he had bigger hits on the radio so it was like all right he was growing as an artist like you know the image was changing a little bit and he changed like Pac was changing. And so, um, and then, but all the while, stuff is going on outside of music that's also gravitating people towards Tupac. You know, he's getting shot. He's he's doing this and that. He's going to jail. It's like the media was also fueling album sales. So it's like, not only did he have, you know, the music. Did it pause me? Oh, snap. But the audio's still going. 
Yeah. Got you. Um, well, I had to relink it. Excuse me, if you're just listening to this podcast, we're having technical difficulties on the streaming side, so bear with us while we uh while we adjust this and get it going and get it cracking and get it popping. Um, and I'm gonna pause what I was saying until we get everything on the up and up, if you will. You feel me? You know what I'm talking about, you feel me. Um, I'm not sure. We just having technical difficulties. Ain't no big thing. You know what I'm talking about? You feel me? But hold the note, hold the note, hold the line. Um, also, I want to say my favorite Tupac album is Me Against the World, like I said. Um, I just feel like everything on that album was hidden, even even more so than uh All Eyes on Me. I feel like I feel like Me Against the World was the right balance of everything. You know what I'm saying? And it it just it felt right. Like that album felt right to me. All eyes on me didn't feel fully right to me. I don't know what it was, but it was something. It was something keeping me at bay on that album. I don't know what it was, but you know. But me against the world, everything. I felt he was he was against the world. You know what I'm saying? Boom, got the link. All right, we putting a new leak in for the stream. Putting that in. Copy. Throwing that up in there, we creating. Wait, hold on. We creating. Boom, pow. Link it up. Link that up. Throw that up in there. Paste that. Throw that in there. Put this in. Throw that up in there. Verbal cardio. Live. Throwing that in. Publishing that. You know, I'm just navigating so it ain't no dead air on the mic. You know what I'm saying? Boom. Done deal. Everybody going to come back in. We're going to get live with it. Let me link that up. Bring that in. Cue this up. We back. Verbal cardio, take two. We back, though. Sorry about that, guys. We are back. I'm gonna let everybody fill up in here. But uh, yeah, it was something about the Me Against the World album that just felt right. And then um, All Eyes on Me came out, and then I like the Machiavelli album as well. Like I would, I would put, I would probably rank them like, and I don't really, I don't really dig too deep into the uh, the Tupac albums that came out after he passed. I don't really. I don't really dig into those too much. Um, I always always listen to the stuff that was done when he was alive, um, especially Me Against the World, Machiavelli. Those those two albums are probably the albums that I come back to the most. I cherry pick on All Eyes on Me and, of course, Strictly for My Niggas and then Tupacalypse Now, but those, those albums when he was really here, those are the ones. Those are the ones I gravitate towards. So back to what I was saying. So... Tupac had a slow burn. It was like, all right, so he's making music. It's selling okay. You know, Strictly For My Niggas sold better than Tupacalypse Now, but it wasn't doing nothing crazy. It wasn't, it wasn't even though I Get Around was, a, was, a, was his biggest single at the time, it wasn't doing nothing too crazy. It went gold at the time. It eventually swelled to platinum over time, but initially. And then, you know, he's in the news, though. He's in the news for, you know, getting shot. He's got, he's got 
you know, assault cases, all of this. And all of this is going to fuel your album sales. Like when you got legal trouble, when you're in the news for other stuff, that could fuel the album sales. So he does Me Against the World. He releases that album while he's in jail. And that debuts at number one. It was his best-selling album at that time. Ended up going double platinum in the moment. Um, but like I said, it was it was a build-up to the Tupac status that you may know. Like if you if if you looking from younger eyes, if you're coming in later in the game. And then, of course, all eyes on me, because there's more controversy. Now there's beef with Biggie, there's beef with Bad Boy. There's all this stuff going on. We got the jail. We got the we got the beef. We got, you know, the double album comes out. It sells over 500 some thousand copies first week, his biggest sales week ever. He joins one of the biggest rap labels that's out at that time, and he has the, the best numbers of his career. And so, and then after that, he dies, and then the Machiavelli album comes out, so it's like, boom. So all of this just adds to the notoriety and the and the attention and all that that's that's on the album. Cut to DMX's rise. DMX's rise was more it was even though he was in the streets and he was rapping, he was he was doing his thing low key, his debut album comes out and does numbers immediately. Like there was there was no there was no slow build with DMX once he dropped his debut album. Once DMX came out, the numbers were there. He sold over two hundred some thousand copies first week. It's dark and hell is hot. Less than a year later, he drops a second album, "Flesh of My Flesh, Blood of My Blood." It debuts, sells over six hundred some thousand copies first week. No other artist at that time had ever done two albums in one year that debut at number one like that. It, it was crazy. So it was like DMX came in hidden faster than, than Pac did without, without the extra, you know, controversy and news on the side. It was just like pure music and just like image and vibe. It was just like people latched on to DMX immediately. Like once he dropped that first album, it's like, yo, man, get at me, dog. Man, we out here, man. The Rough Riders anthem, man. What's going on? So it was more, there was no, you know, DMX wasn't shooting people outside of the studio. Wasn't, uh, and we we know DMX had his problems with, you know, the police and everything later on. But like initially, it was just like, it was just like organic. It was just like, yo, who is this raw rapping dude right here? And then his third album outsold the first two albums. So it was just like, it was more of an organic, like people latched on to DMX crazy. So I feel like he had a quicker impact than Pac had. You know, it, it was something about DMX, man. We was all in. We was all in. So, um, so anybody picking DMX over Pac is a better rapper I'm not I'm not mad at either choice because DMX did something real special, man. When he when he first hit the scene, it was it was something special about him. DMX could be raw. He could tell a story about the ladies, like with uh how's it going down or what these bitches want from a nigga. He could he can get introspective with, with slipping. He can just give you anthems. He can, you can be in the club. So it was like, all right. And so, and Tupac was versatile too. You know, he could be Thug McGee. He could be heartfelt. Let me tell you a story about this young lady that just left her baby in the trash heap. 
Dear Mama, you know what I'm saying? Hit him up. California Love. So it was just like, these two cats, man, iconic. I feel like they're both iconic in the game. I, I still say Tupac is the most iconic rapper of all time. But DMX is legendary, man. So I'm not mad at either choice. Not mad at it at all. But I will say DMX had a quicker, quicker impact than Pac did. You know, without without the extra trimmings of of of, of shootings and and assault cases and and you know robberies and all that on the back on the all over the news so it was more it was more music based anyway so who 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 y'all got who's your better rapper Tupac or DMX Darkman X Earl Simmons and I will say Tupac was a was a stronger actor um anyway I just had to get that off my little chess piece um i want to say this too this was on my heart and soul i don't know why this was on my heart and soul side note that little video i made about what was on my heart and soul about you know people roasting me in the comments section but your your profile is private i didn't know it was gonna go crazy like that. that that's crazy i feel like and this is my take I feel like a man should never follow behind the compliment from a woman on the negative end. What I mean by that is if a, if a woman gives a man a compliment about maybe his outfit, about maybe the way he looks, what he has on, whatever she gives a compliment. Oh, you looking good. You've been working out. This is that. And the third, you look handsome. I like this outfit. And you come in with the negativity on the back end of that compliment, you a hating ass nigga, dog. Ain't no, ain't no other way around it, man. You a hater, dog. Regardless, regardless, if a girl come in and compliment a dude's Skechers, and y'all know I hate Skechers, if she come in and be like, yo, I like your Skechers, you got to hush on up, man. Regardless, regardless of how you feel about the Skechers, Regardless, you could be over there biting your tongue clean off, but bite your tongue and hush. Let that compliment sit. Compliments from women hold greater weight than whatever we got going on in our minds. When a woman compliments a man, you let them have that. Whether you agree with it or not, hush. If not, you just a hating ass nigga. I've seen it done to me. It's been done to me. It's been done to me in person. It's been done to me in the comment section. I'm like, yo, you a hating ass milk. When the woman, when women come in with that compliment, shut your ass up. Hush. Sit in the hush. Don't come in there with the deflate. Let that compliment sit. And shut your ass up. You hating. You hating. Let it marinate, man. Because as men, we, we taking all the compliments we can get, shorty. We taking all the compliments we can get. Let us have that hush, dog. 
Don't try to come in there with what's real. That's real to you. But she said she was feeling this. And that's going to hold more weight over what you talking about. Hush. Hush. Them compliments from women be right. It be like be like fresh, moist lemon cake. I brought it back, ladies. I brought it on back, man. <laughs> I brought it on back, man. Come on, man. Let me have it. Let me hold it. Let me cherry. Let me grab it and hold it, man. Come on, man. <laughs> Thank you, Zakia. I appreciate that. I appreciate it. Um, yeah, man. Let me look at some of these topics real quick that y'all sent in. Wait, hold on, cause I'm the lost. The hold on, they didn't. It took me off of one of my Patreon pages, man. Hold on one second. One second. My page. Okay. So, Rebel Cardio. Let's see what y'all got, man. Let's see what's happening here. Um, so, Kiki was in the news because she was seeking full custody of her baby um, from her, you know, baby dad. Whatever ex fiance, I'm not sure what they were. I'm not sure if they were engaged or what. Um, I'm minding my business. They saying he was abusive. I don't know what's going on. This video, I saw some 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 pictures. It's looking abusive. Hey, hey, and I know y'all over here like he about to pander. Yeah, but I see y'all. Y'all got your fingertips ready. I don't, I don't, I don't play with abuse, physical, mental abuse. I'm not here for it, and I know Kiki, so you know, there's that. So it's like, I want whatever's best for her and that baby. And you know, I saw people in the comment section making stuff up, like, man, you. You guys pay child support and you can't even see your kids. That's not what full custody is. You you still have rights to see your child. It's just that the, the custody falls to whoever wins the full custody thing. It falls with that person, but you can still do visitation setups with the other parent. Somebody just made some shit up in the comment section. Said it wholeheartedly, whole chest, nipples forth. To my knowledge, I think he did not get visitation either. He didn't get that? Did he? Did he want it? I don't know. I don't know, like, the details of, like, what was wanted, but I know she was fighting for that, but he also doesn't have visit, like, he no visitation whatsoever. Did she deny that, or was it? Might have been. Depending on, like, what what like we're talking about, like, what's going on and mm -hmm. how the evidence and stuff is coming out, it yeah. might have been a thing of, like, he, we got to get away, you know? Because I feel like this. And this this is just my opinion on stuff like that. When you have a child together, let's say you are abusive to the to the mom, I feel like for me the only the only valid reason for a parent not seeing their child is if you are a threat to that child. 
regardless of what you and the and the mom or the, the mom and dad have gone through, if you are a threat to that baby, that child, that kid, that's when I feel like, all right, you you don't need no access to this kid. You're abusing the kid. You're doing whatever. That's when I feel like you should lose. Like you know, you ain't you ain't right. You you can you can you can reconnect with your kid when they grown and can you know. That's the only that's the only way I can be like all right. But other than that, you know, I I don't agree with you can never see your child, regardless. Even even if you a whole ass nigga putting hands on on the woman, but you've never you've never you've never exhibited abuse to the child. I still feel like. You should be able to see your child. What if it's in front of the child? If it's in front of the child, still. Because I feel like if you abuse your partner, I don't that that'll trickle down to the kid eventually. I still I still feel like I still feel like you should get a chance to see your child, even with that, because. It depends on how old the child was. You know, if it was in front of your child and your child is a baby, they might not even remember what they saw. I would say supervised visitation at supervised. I'm super, with yeah, supervised. Supervised, at the most. yeah, that's Un, fine. Yeah, unsupervised, I I have to supervised. I'm fine with it because if if you don't trust the other person to raise that child adequately, I get it. Yeah. But as long as long as as long as the parent the, the parents should have access to their child. You know, supervise them with it. But just none at all, I, I don't I, I can't get I can't I can't get with it. Because, you know, because when that child grows up, when that child gets older, they are still gonna want that connection to their parent, regardless. And if, you know, if you was a whack parent, you was out here abusive, they still want to see for themselves, like, you know, why'd you do it? Or why were you like this? Or just to be around your other parent. There's something that I feel like every child should have the right to be able to form some kind of connection with your parent. Um, Again, that's if they're not abusive to the child directly. That's just my take on it. I know that not everybody's going to agree with that, but I, I just feel like I feel like every every child should have an an opportunity to have a relationship with both parents, regardless of the other bullshittery on the side. So, but it's tough, man, and it's in the public eye, man. I hate it. I hate it. I hate it for everybody, man. I hate it for Kiki. I hate it for the baby. You know, it just sucks. And, you know, I hope everybody's doing as best they can. You know what I'm talking about? And the baby's adorable, man. Baby's adorable. You know? I was I was his voice in, in a few videos, man. He's adorable, man. You know what I mean? So uh, it's tough, man. Tough. But I'm praying. I'm praying for them. Um, what else y'all talking about over here? Talk about people decorating for Christmas before Thanksgiving. I feel like 
Here's here's my opinion on decorating before Thanksgiving. Christmas is the more decorative holiday than Thanksgiving. Christmas is the more decorative joint. When you look at the decorations, they're usually more lavish. It's usually more, it's, it's more that's put into the Christmas decorations as a whole. And it's a whole season. Like, it's the Christmas season. You know, Thanksgiving don't really have a season. And Thanksgiving is problematic to a lot of people. So it's just like, all right, we got pilgrims, we got turkey. That, that's it. You know, we got the turkey, we got the pilgrims. Then it's just like, man, watch out, man. Thanksgiving was a sham. Thanksgiving was a sham. You got the turkey out front. You got leaves. You got sweet potato pie. But Christmas is a whole season, man. Ain't no Thanksgiving music. Ain't no Thanksgiving music, man. Give me five Thanksgiving songs. Give me five right here, right now. Give me five Thanksgiving songs. You can't do it because it's not a season. Me personally, outside of the origin of Thanksgiving, Thanksgiving is my favorite holiday. I knew y'all was going to come with Charlie Brown. Charlie Brown is all you got because it was, a, it was a cartoon made specifically about Thanksgiving. But outside of that, you got nothing. Thanksgiving ain't got no soundtrack. Artists ain't making Thanksgiving CDs and albums. Mariah Carey don't have no Thanksgiving album. But was the men don't have no Thanksgiving album. Ain't nobody going number one on the charts every year with the Thanksgiving song. Donnie Hathaway ain't got no Thanksgiving. You got to dig. You got to Google specialty albums to get a Thanksgiving song. But Christmas, though. That's a whole season, man. This it's it's long. So I get it. I get it. And a lot of people don't like to celebrate Thanksgiving. A lot of people don't celebrate Christmas either, but it's like it's different with Thanksgiving. Like there's there's real like valid beef with Thanksgiving. It was a sham. You know what I mean? So I get it. So I'm I'm not mad at the at the Christmas decorations before you know before the Thanksgiving. Because th Thanksgiving decorations don't be hidden like that, honestly. You 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 can get more creative with the Christmas decorations. You had that Christmas tree. The Christmas tree is a vibe. You know, the turkey ain't no vibe. Turkey ain't a vibe. You gonna decorate a turkey and put it in your living room? That ain't no vibe kind of vibe is that that ain't no real vibe what we talking about what we talking about all right i gotta do another ad though um money 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 life doesn't happen bi-weekly uh, bi so why should payday the money you can earn can be in your hands today with earnings 
Um, Earning is an app that gives you access to your pay as you work up to $100 per day or up to $750 per pay period. Just download the Earning app and verify your paycheck, then access up to $100 a day as you work and leave an optional tip. You know, I like the tip. I'm Tips McGee, man. I'm Tip Bayless, Scotty Tip. Any money you access plus tips are automatically repaid from your next paycheck. Now, I would have loved this when I was working at Dairy Queen. You know, I used to work at Dairy Queen. When I was working at Dairy Queen, I would have loved this. Just that little extra security blanket to last me through that two-week period of just waiting. Just waiting, man. And shout out to everybody that got salary jobs where you know how much your check is going to be. When you work some jobs and you don't know how much your check going to be, man, that little mystery on how much your check going to be, man, that mystery tore you up. You ever overestimate what your check was going to be? you like, man, I'm going to be making this on this pay period. And then you get it, you like, oh, dang it. I thought I was going to get more than this. Now you're destroyed. Now you're destroyed. You're demoralized internally. Make earning a part of your financial routine and join earnings over three and a half million customers who say things like, when I think about earning, I think about financial stability, security. It gives me a lot of peace of mind. That's what you want, man. Peace of mind is everything. So download, down, excuse me, download the earning app today, spelled E-A-R-N-I-N in the Google app, the Google Play or Apple app or the Apple app store. And when you download the Earning app, type in Verbal Cardio under podcast when you sign up. It'll help, you know, it'll help the show. So make sure you use that Verbal Cardio in the sign up. Verbal Cardio under podcast. Uh, Subject to your available earnings, daily max and pay period max, see earning.com slash TOS for details. Earning is a financial technology company and not a bank. Bank products are issued by Evolve Bank and Trust member uh, FDIC. So get in on that, man. When you need that, when you need that money and you ain't got time to be waiting that little two week period, earning, man, earning. And don't forget to put in that verbal cardio. Okay. Um, hold on. Let me get back to some, some other topics y'all want me to touch on. Sean Styles asks, why are people so surprised when they find out that a lot of bartenders and servers make more than people who are in what's considered a high paying job or jobs where you need a diploma? I don't get why they're surprised because on any given night, you know, depending on, depending on where you work, the high volume of customers, you got so many different factors you got the potential to make some real good money in a tip-based industry. Like you could, you could, you could be working somewhere. You can, you can come up on five hundred dollars for the night in tips. You know what I mean? Five hundred in one night, just in the tips. So it's like you know. And a, and a job where you needed a diploma is like, I ain't, ain't going to get no extra $500 in tips on top of the other payment. So it just it really just depends on where you work. 
And then the, the tips could be right. Tax-free on the tips. Like this weekend, for example, I tipped, I tipped the waitress $120 that held down the green room this weekend. It was just $120. That was, that was my tip for her. Um, and, and mind you, like I don't, I don't really require a lot of uh, attention. And that's just, that's just what I tip. I'm not even including what, you know, Brandon and Keenan might have tipped her as well. That was just that was just me. So, you know, um, I gave her 120. And I'd be low maintenance in that green room. Like, I, I don't be wanting nothing. I'd just be like, oh, I'll just have some fruit. That's it. I don't be ordering high food. I don't need a lot of back and forth. I don't need you up in there a lot. So it's like, and even even still, like, even, even the, and my server was really good this weekend. Sometimes I've tipped as high as like 200. It just depends. But like, um, but that's good money for the, you know, that's good money on top of what you're already making on top of tips from other people that have been at the comedy club. So, you know, you got 300 people at the show. I'm not sure how many people are in your section. You got these tips coming in, you know, these, these, these dancers getting paid tips, tips is life. Tips, rib tips and, you know, crime tips. Tips is out here. Um, Andre 3000 is finally dropping some new music called New Blue Sun. Are you as excited as we all are? First of all, with Andre 3000 dropping a new album, I will leave it when I hear it. First of all, that's first and foremost. I don't care who reposted it. I don't care if it was Variety. I don't care if it's Billboard. I don't care who reposted. I don't care if Big Boy reposted it. I'll believe it when I'm listening to it in my headphones or in the car. Also, I don't think this is going to be the Andre 3000 you think it's going to be. He been walking around playing that flute. That's probably what the album is going to be. We about to get some hot flute. From one of the coldest MCs to ever do it, we about to get that goddamn flute. And we going to take it and we going to like it and we going to appreciate it. Because it's something different. So I'm not, I'm not about to get riled up. I'll believe it when I hear it. And I'm good. I'm going to listen to it. I'm going to listen to the whole album. I'm going to let it run through. If, it's, if it is just the flute... I'm going to let it run through. I'm going to get them streams up. Because Andre 3000 is one of my favorite MCs to ever exist. And we need him, man. Rap is hurting right now. Rap is hurting. Now, I want something different. I want somebody to stand out. No disrespect to these other cats that don't get enough shine, don't get enough press, don't get enough talk, don't get enough TikTok viral dances, whatever. They out here. Shout out to Rhapsody. But there's a lot of weak-ass rap out here, man. Everybody's sounding the same. Cookie cutting it up, man. I can't even differentiate a lot of these cats. They following the sound. They're not standing out. They ain't talking about nothing compelling. Money. Getting money. Looking fresh. Cars. Booty holes. Coochie. 
What else? What else? I'll tell you what else. The flute. That's what's coming out, man. I need the flute. And I want to hear the flute being played in the hood. I want to I want to see cats in the hood driving up with the flute playing. I want to hear the flute in the strip clubs in Atlanta, Nashville, Memphis. I want the flute to be playing at the strip club. I want dollars to be falling out the sky in slow motion, booty cheeks twerking to the flute. I want people out on the streets hustling with the flute in the background, running from the cops with the flute playing, supporting black businesses with the flute playing in the background, man. Do y'all know that Barry White put out an instrumental album that went either gold or platinum back in the day? It's pure instrumentation. Barry White. Barry White, we know him for his deep voice and his sultry singing and stuff like that. He put out an instrumental joint that did numbers back in the day. And and it's heavily sampled. Now, throughout throughout the history of hip-hop, that album's been heavily sampled. Pulled up with a full orchestra and it's fire. So let's let's not sleep on instrumental music. Kenny G got a diamond album. Andre got a diamond album, him and Big Boy. Let's get that flute going, man. It's something different, man. We need different. Everybody doing the same thing, man. That's why rap, rap sales in the toilet. Because we tired of it, man. We tired of the same old, same old, man. Let's get excited about rap again, man, with the flute. With the flute, man. Sick of it, man. Let's get into some this or that. And I'm getting the hell up out of here, show. Give me some this or that real quick. And I'm up out of here, show. I'm out of here. Struggle Beer Bakery, man. I see you in the chats where you devil you. This or that. Big Daddy Kane or Rock Him. I'm going to always give you one or the other. I'm not going to bail out like they be doing on Drink Champs and saying both. Big Daddy Kane or Rock Him? Mm-mm. This is tough. This is tough. Man, Rock Him is just. I get why Rock Him is regarded the way he is, but I also get why Big Daddy Kane is regarded in the way that he is. You talk, you talk to a lot of MCs that came up in the game. Big Daddy Kane is the big influence, and so is Rock Him. They both influential. But I'm going to have to go with. You know what's going to give me, you know what's going to give my choice the edge? All right, all right, hear me out. Personally, when I dig in the crates, I might listen to more Rock Him than Big Daddy Kane. But Big Daddy Kane. Is bringing the extra element in with that damn dancing. I would rather see Big Daddy Kane live, and that's probably that's probably gonna be my deciding factor. I might have to go with Big Daddy Kane because man, and he still he still got the moves and the breath control. 
He can rap fast or slow. He can be smooth or he can be aggressive. I feel like lyrically, he's a little bit more versatile than Rakim. And I know y'all going to string me up for what I just said. Some of y'all might string me up, but I feel like Big Daddy Kane had a little bit more lyrical diversity on it in terms of style and tone, speed. And he going to give you a fire live show. So I'm going to go with Big Daddy Kane. BDK. Much respect and props to both of them. They legends. But I'm going to just... I'm going to just go with Big Daddy K, man. Ain't no half-stepping. Ain't no half-stepping. Um, okay, what else we got? Jay Thomas asks, Would you rather your house have four rat-sized roaches or ten roach-sized rats? Neither are killable. Damn. I can't have no rat-sized roaches, man. Hell no. Hell no, man. Give me the give me the 10 roadside rats. Give me them. Cause I'm not I'm not scared of rats at all. I'm not scared of rats. Mind you, either way, I'm never having company again. Nobody's ever coming to my house. So I'm living alone. The cats are obviously useless because I can't kill them. They can't kill them either, so they just gonna be there. And rodents don't scare me. They don't gross me out. Like rats don't gross me out. Even the dirtiest, filthiest rats in New York City, in the trash, down there, down there in the subway. I can look at a rat and not be grossed out. I could be like, oh, you got diseases on you. I see it in your eyes. Look at your coat. Look at your tail. Ugh. I'm not truly grossed out. I'm not truly grossed out. Mice and rats are kind of cute to me. Even rats. They cute to me at the end of the day. I just know they filthy. Don't touch me. Don't come over here. Get your dirty ass up out of here. But ultimately, they kind of cute. Ain't nothing cute about a roach. Ain't nothing remotely cute about a roach to me. Not even the antennas, man. It's all gross. I'm grossed out. And if I'm if you're going to be rat size in my house, I, I, I could never relax. I could never relax. That's just too big, man. It's too visual. See them big ass antennas over the side of the countertop? Hell no. I'm out, man. Give me the 10 roadside rats. Give me that. Either way, I'm never having company again, and I'm going to probably be single the rest of my life. Either way. So it's just... Cutie BX, a role in an action movie with Jason Statham or a comedy with Eddie Murphy or horror with Daniel Kaluuya. I'm going to go with a comedy with Eddie Murphy. Easy choice. Easy work. Go on comedy with Eddie Murphy. For me to work with Eddie Murphy, is a, I, there's no way I could pass that up. There's no way on earth I could pass that up. There's no way. Even though... Eddie Murphy be making Eddie Murphy's track record is extremely hit and miss. He's got some bombs on his resume. So there's a chance that I could be in a movie with Eddie Murphy and it could, it could stink. There's always that chance. But Jason Statham got bombs too. 
Daniel Kaluuya's record is, he's got a great record right now in terms of quality films that he's in. Daniel, right now, is still, you know, it's still early, but he's got everything he's been a part of lately has been dope. But Eddie Murphy, though, what if, what if it's like Dolomite is my name? What if it's like Beverly Hills Cop? What if it's like Life? What if it's like Boomerang? What if it's like Beverly Hills Cop 2? What if it's like The Nutty Professor? What if it's like Coming to America? What if it's like The Golden Child? What if it's like 48 Hours? What if it's like Trading Places? What if it's like Shrek? I cannot attempt to miss that. I can't miss that. It's Eddie Murphy, man. It's Eddie Goddamn Murphy. I got to go with the Eddie Murphy joint. Got to. I have to. So, Eddie Murphy. That's my answer. Um, Salim asks, become an apprentice, Jedi, or Sith versus toss-up power from Gen V. If you're not familiar with Gen V, it's a spinoff of the show The Boys. And some of these powers that these kids have are so trash. Like the main girl's powers is she can she can control she can manipulate and control blood, so she needs some blood to be able to get it working, get it cracking. This one dude's just invisible. This other dude can control like metals and stuff. Um, let me be an apprentice, cause I don't want to take a gamble and have some weak ass powers where I can use blood as a weapon. Like blood grosses me out. It's unsanitary. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, what am I, what am I going to do? Am I still, am I still, you know, at risk of catching a blood-borne illness because I'm cutting myself, I'm swapping other people's blood, moving it around? I use somebody's blood as a bloody spear, but am I, I had an open cut. Now I got what they had. Nah, man. I'm not taking that risk. Nope. Give me, give me, let me be a Sith or a Jedi, man. Let me be that. That's dope. That's dope. They got dope powers to me. So yeah, let me let me be let me be a Jedi or Sith in waiting. I'll take that. Give me that. Um let's see. Candid Cammy asks, moist cake or cookies? Mm. Now you asking the hard hitting questions now. See, now now we getting tough. Now we we I got to change my voice up for this. This Now we just got sexy. We just got sexy. Now this is, this is after hours right here. This is, we butt naked. Booty cheeks is loose. Penis is out, thighs, everything. Titties, on the ledge, nipples busting through the shirt. Now this, this is, uh, this put the kids to bed. This is 18 and up. This is just, this is what we doing right here, right now, huh? Man, I got to change the tone. All right, now. The moist cake of cookies is what we talking about right here. Right here, right now. Shit. Man, let me see. Because with the moist cake, you know it's going to be a good time. You know it's going to be a good time because of the moistures in there. You know you're getting all the flavors. It ain't all hard and dry. You know the opposite of dry? Moisture moist if you will sorry if that makes you cringe but hey man it is what it is and when you got a moist cake that's the utmost compliment you know what I'm talking about you feel me um but then the cookies though 
and everybody knows I'm a cookie monster. You know what I'm saying? I'll be out here looking for the cookies, dreaming about the cookies, cherishing the cookies, lusting after them cookies. Man, the cookies be calling me. Cookies be sending me nudes, all that. Cookies just be, cookies got my phone number. I don't think Cake has my phone number, but cookies do. Cookies got my phone number. Hi, they be, cookies be texting me at 2 a.m. Talking about, hey, big head. I'll be like, man, what you doing up? Thinking about you, I'll be like, damn, cookie. That's how you feel? That's crazy. That is crazy. And cookies easier to make, man. They just right there. Cookies always right there waiting on you. And cake be there. Cake be out there. But a lot of times, a lot of times you be like, man, I don't want no whole damn cake. But a cookie always, a cookie is always individual size. Not always because they do have those big cookies. But nine times out of ten, the cookies is already individual size. You ain't got to, you ain't got to cut it. You ain't got to slice it. It's just, it's ready for you right there. Just for you. You know what I'm talking about? You feel me? I'm going to go with the cookies, man. Give me the, give me the, give me the goddamn cookies, man. Let me get that. Let me hit that. Yeah, I'm going with cookies, man. It's tough because a moist slice of lemon cake, man, that, that had me in a frenzy. But cookies always got me in a frenzy, man. I be sweating. I be having to adjust my collar every time cookies come in the room. So I'm going to go cookies, goddammit. Thank y'all, man. I appreciate y'all in the chat's words, man. Thank you for the this or that questions. If I didn't get to your questions, save them for later. If I didn't get to your topics, save them for later. Save them for future episodes, man. You know we do verbal cardio every week. I appreciate my patron saints so much, man. Y'all are a huge part of this show now, and I'm glad y'all are here. I love y'all. I care about y'all. Y'all made the podcast better, in my opinion. That's why we're getting more ads, because y'all have made the podcast better. Um, don't forget to weigh in when the episode drops. Please comment, like, share, subscribe, all that good stuff, man. Let me know the answers to, uh, to all the questions I answered. Let me know your answers and how you would roll, how you would do. Uh, thank you, man. Shout out to Amir on the ones and twos and getting us back right for chiming in. And uh, thank you for tuning in to another session that verbal cardio.